sake. Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Pradi once again and welcome to the fourth episode or fifth episode. I, I don't know how many we've done here but welcome to the FFS podcast Women's Euro final review. And uh, we've started a month ago with the preview of how this tournament would go. And by the tournament, I mean the Women's Euro 2020, which is this summer's biggest tournament, biggest footballing tournament in the world. And we are done. It, it's, I mean, it ended a few days ago already. It seemed like only yesterday that we, we sat down here and gave our predictions and talked about each team. And within a matter of a couple of weeks we already have a winner and that is none other than england who would have thought right england winning an international tournament uh, it had to be the women's team that actually made it because the men's team were definitely not going to so i'm glad the women took the initiative this time round and you know took brought it back home uh, as they say back in england so Joining me on today's podcast we've got a returning guest a recurring guest for not only this podcast but our previous podcast as well she is a huge women's fan a women's football fan and that is none other than unuti so unuti welcome back to the podcast how's it going um thanks for having me firstly and yeah i mean <laughs> the game is nice obviously i think yeah. uh, uh i was really excited for the game and i think it's lived up to every single expectation that we had from the game so yeah yeah i was i was about to ask you did like obviously we had hyped up the, this final to be insane given that it was a home team play against probably the two best teams in the tournament overall of course that's why they made it to the final but even on even on paper as well i mean i think they were the two strongest sides whether it be in depth and everything else so they made it to and we hyped it up quite a bit and yeah i think i agree with as well that it kind of did live up to its hype I, uh, the first few minutes were definitely kg and we'll come to that in a little while later but yeah i just want to get your thoughts as to going into this game you know what was the preparations for you like like how excited were you and how did you watch the final um yeah obviously like you know going into the game like you and i along with nat we had already discussed you know how huge of an event this game uh you know really is because obviously it, you know england in a final uh U- european final all over again you know uh, it gave a lot of uh, flashbacks uh you know to every english person because obviously uh you know back again from the men's euros there was that whole idea of okay you know what if the same thing happens again you know like they obviously didn't want to lose the lose the finals again but uh yeah obviously you know there was a lot of hype and you know the build up was great you know some really good promotion and obviously you know i think this was something that uh, obviously we had not talked about but everyone was 
for the first time you know i i saw people just scrambling about for tickets to the final and it was just yeah. it was just pretty insane to see that even though obviously you know just like how we have in the men's game we saw some people you know try to sell off these tickets for like thousands of pounds uh, on ebay and stuff yeah. you know which did happen but most importantly what what made me happy was the fact that you know uh people wanted the tickets okay but yes. obviously there are yeah but the, you know there there are always two sides to every story like you know like people who genuinely wanted to go because you know they fell in love with the game are very different as compared to you know just getting on board with the bandwagon and everything you know which is obviously yeah, i i i, I... agree with you on a certain extent but i feel like tournaments like this will i know the people who just jump on the bandwagon saying okay this is england so let's just go because it's england all that but you know games like this do convert people bring in new new comers into the into the sport into oh, yeah, yeah. obviously well. so, yeah 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 i i, mean, I agree with I, you and i agree more with the fact that like the fact there was a lot of demand and the fact that people were you know wanting to purchase the tickets even at ridiculous prices it's a great sign and it's not something that happens only in the men's game it happens in any sport where you know people will buy tickets and then flog them off for thrice the price in the gray market and black market it it's not unique to football it's not unique to the men's game and all that but the fact that if they are being sold which is i mean horrifying that people are paying that much for a game when they shouldn't really have to but uh, on the other hand it's nice to see that actually you know they thought that it's worth paying that much to go watch a final and that to women's football euro final yeah i mean obviously you know to 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 see that happen i i was really happy you know when i saw that you know uh, so many people wanted the tickets and you know to a point where Uh, obviously we we so like you know the game sold out way in advance you know and obviously there have been yeah. like some releases over time uh when it comes to these tickets but still overall you know it was it was never really widely available so you know obviously i think in that sense we've moved in a right direct in the right direction for, for this game so you know going in everyone like you know at i had you know some of my co-workers who were at the stadium and you know oh, nice. they were okay yeah yeah so i had a uh, co-worker who was you know shooting the game and then uh, you know uh, on the sidelines and then i had some people you know who were uh, who went in as you know media and everything so you know all of them just went into the game with the mindset okay you know we are going to be surrounded by 90000 people approximately like yeah. no like under no circumstance you know could you have ever thought that okay you're going to be at wembley around like you know surrounded by these many people collectively come together to watch a women's game you know because obviously you know now it doesn't feel uh, obviously it's a it's a huge thing even though it's yeah. not uh, what do you say we've seen like you know two games in the past you know re- crossing the number and everything so it's it's like okay you know it's happening for the third time but it's still such a big deal because to have something like this on an international platform is is huge so yeah you know uh, it, it it is a big deal which we hope it shouldn't be a big deal because it should be kind of the norm going forward that you have these big crowds at games as well and it's something that you know 
Leah brought up at the end. It's something that uh, Alex Scott brought up during comment uh, during pre-match. Yeah, I mean, how- you know, we, we we say this that you know it's it's uh, it's special and you know uh, you know a great deal and everything. But in reality, this is something very normal in you know in a in a very different circumstance. So this no, this no, was technically like this- it's. It's not normal to have eighty-seven thousand people because it did break the record for even men's fine Euro finals. So uh, the stadium helped a bit, but still to have that crowd, uh, insane. And given that, I mean, the men's final was played in Wembley as well in twenty 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 one. Sorry. So to break that record, um, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I and, mean, and with, you know, with the men's game, it kind of like you as. allocation issues which i don't want to bring up but yeah but to, <laughs> to see to see 87000 on that screen there and you said close to 90000 without a hint of jealousy that you could have been there or whatever but uh yeah it, it was really really cool to see I, all of that i had a major fomo on sunday you know yeah. like i was i i kept like you know i didn't want to mention this at at all and i did not mention it to even a single uh, coworker or a friend of mine who was at the game because i had i knew like so many people like almost oh, pretty much everyone i knew like all my friends were at the game you know in some way or another you know either as media either as a photographer or as a fan like you know everyone was there and i felt i was having major fomo and i was like you know i i wanted to be there so bad but I I don't think I had a bad experience at home uh because obviously hmm. you could hear the crowd uh you yeah. know on the stream as well so I think even at home the experience was really enjoyable you know you could almost feel like you know you were there Yeah given uh, the circumstances Yeah yeah I know I know it's tr- it's all about <laughs> recreating that atmosphere uh, another before we move on to the game itself another uh, point I wanted to mention when we talk about the tickets as well final tickets is like uh, when you buy final tickets people kind of go in with the notion that okay my team may not make it to the final so they don't purchase it earlier and then there's a scramble at the end when your team actually makes it um so that also adds to the fact so like if, for example the men's world cup right i wouldn't buy the final ticket because i'm like there's a very negligible chance that pain would make it to the final so i wouldn't necessarily buy a final ticket but if if they do make it to the final then you'll see me trying to find any sort of to get to the uh, to the stadium i still won't because the tickets are insane but the women's was so much more you know affordable which is brilliant i feel like you know even like you know like you mentioned this this point about uh, if, if your team is not you know making it to the finals you don't know whether they would and you know you would obviously try to get the tickets later on i feel like give, even then uh, there was only a small uh, margin where you know the number of tickets that were left because if way before the finals I'm, and i'm talking even before the tournament even started you know like when the tickets were released irrespective of who was going to be the, uh, you know yeah. the one playing people snatched up the tickets because you know people wanted to just go and see the final and i feel like that was something which is I know that you know many of them might have sold the tickets off, not yeah. gone to the end, you know, yeah. whatever, vice versa, oh, whatever. But still, yeah. But I feel like 
even you know out of say 90000 tickets that were sold there would be maybe a margin of 20000 who would have done something like that but still you know there was a good mar- number of people who actually ended up going to the game like irrespective of who was playing so i feel like in in that way women's football is a little different so i was i was very happy with the progress that you know we've made with the tournament yeah no definitely it it was it was nice to see the crowd there you know the atmosphere was insane electric of course you know 100% were all wearing white jerseys even if we didn't know i only saw like a few people actually i could only notice the german fans when they were actually you know waving the german flag germany flag there was a separate was section like, okay. in the stadium yeah. for them uh, of course so yeah. the german fans were seated there yeah, obviously yeah. Oh, oh you don't want to mix up with the english fans when you're battling it out believe me it is uh, i don't know about women's football you, women's football you might still survive a bit uh i wouldn't oh, yeah, say a lot because once alcohol once alcohol is also introduced then the variables change but uh, you know probably a little better but if it's a men's game yeah you do need to sit them way uh, way far away from you know the the english crowd um, yeah, I mean, and i'm saying that know, from like experience you... <laughs> yeah go on go yeah. on yeah no no i'm saying i'm saying that from experience not not only being at the stadium but also like at un- university when i was studying there and then the world cup was at the same time and england were doing well uh, and then whoever yeah it, it was just chaotic but i yeah, remember i remember you mentioning in the, uh, this in one yes. of the earlier podcasts and we Boy. we were all like hariously laughing at it <laughs> yes it's sad no, but i mean i <laughs> no, yeah, we laughed I, at it but yeah it's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But you know, this is one of the points actually when I was on Twitter, I I saw like a lot of tweets about it saying that, you know, um that irrespective of uh you know whether it be like, you know, it being whether it is like, you know, the English fans or whatever, this time around at the games you didn't see, you know, much of like, you know, this the stampede kind of situation, uh drunk the people around or yeah you know the typical uh, things that you would see uh, uh, you know if it would have been the men's game that was yeah, certainly yeah. avoided so you know this was a conversation that i was having with my coworkers as well it 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 was like the children and women were safe you know safe. Uh, yeah. especially after after the game so you know i feel like to some extent i was very happy that the atmosphere was genuinely enjoyable even post you know after the game got done because i feel like that was one of the aspects people just tend to forget most times you know that yeah. people need to get there wasn't home any safe. chanting there wasn't any unsavory chants also going around because mm-hmm. you know the men's game we you you know they love a chant and it can be as derogatory as they like here it was quite yeah, like there, there was quite like a there was sanitary. Like, Yeah it was a safe environment and at the same time uh, there was no booing during the national yeah. anthems and everything Well I mean, I that like- that kind of is more that depends on the crowd rather than all english fans because i think to do that because of you know polit- I'm not politics getting and all into that, that. So, yeah <laughs> let, let's not get into that but yeah i guess yeah it, it was nice to see that you know it was just a safe clean atmosphere mm-hmm. out there and everyone was safe like, so like everyone. i'll tell you like a healthy you know conversations or a healthy uh, hmm. you know 
whatever i i can't get the word in my head right now but you know any sort of healthy rivalry is is always a good thing because you know obviously foot, what's football without any sort of yeah, rivalry yeah you need banter you need the yeah, banter exactly. you need That's as the long word. as yeah. yeah 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 as long as you keep it to a limit yeah you don't it's yeah. it's all fine um all right so let's talk about the game because the first half was in one word if i were to describe it's just chaos i i just didn't know what was happening i it was just whistle after whistle after whistle players hit pushing each other off the ball a shot here or there but all in all it it just it kind of defined a final because neither team really could get themselves established because they were frantically moving here and there each one losing the ball in the midfield i think the majority of the game was probably there at that point played in midfield maybe slightly to in the defense in each other's penalty boxes but um it, it was just a matter of like can someone just keep the ball like hold it and pass it to the next player person next to you or do something just simple and i don't know whether it was the occasion i don't know you tell me whether it, you think it was the occasion it was the you know for these players as well to walk out and see 87000 people chanting and this it's unheard of not only i mean it's unheard of even in the men's game so imagine for the women's game to have that sort of crowd there it, and for especially a team like england where 90% of them are your supporters there will be a slight you know not in the stomachs of each player you know they want to they want to at least get off the blocks well and for the other team it's try, it's sort of disruption and trying to make sure that doesn't happen try to disrupt the crowd and i just want to know your thoughts on what you made of that first 45 minutes <laughs> i i think we'll get to the part where my dad says a few things later on <laughs> um yeah i i to <laughs> to 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 be very honest i feel like uh, this is exactly the kind of game i expected from both these teams you know because germany is a very physical team you know and they they've always shown that uh even in you know the previous games that they've played and in general their players are a lot more physical as well so you know yeah. i i expected them to you know go on and push the players you know push the english players and see you know where they can go on and about with and disrupting their game because obviously they didn't want the english to have a set rhythm because being you know we've seen in the past games that germany does not really need possession in order to you know hurt any any of the teams because they did that against spain where you know they they hardly had any possession but they still you know won the game so we knew that germany does not require as much possession and england is someone who you know who who kind of likes to keep the ball with them you know even though they are not as uh, you know possession hungry but they still like to keep the ball with them so you know it, it's kind of like you know the kind the rhythm that they've set in the beginning is how the game would progress for england so uh obviously germany was trying to do that by disrupting the rhythm and you know going on and about with the fouls and everything you know so i feel like what germ you know the game started exactly how i expected it to uh however you know it obviously we'll get to the refereeing later on but i it, there were some unexpected uh calls i would think that were made i don't blame the referee per se but i feel like you know obviously uh, some decisions 
you know could have could have obviously been a lot better so in that perspective yeah. uh, i think the first half was just really entertaining you know because that is like you said what you expect from a finals and uh, that is where they delivered and not that the english yeah. team does not have uh, you know physical players because physical. you yeah, know yeah. when we did the previous podcast you know the episode we discussed that you know the midfield is going to be where everything is going to be played and that's exactly what happened it was a battle of the midfield all the players in the midfield were like hilariously uh, you know <laughs> physical and uh, it, it was really nice to watch you know i feel like it reminds me of that tweet that sophie lawson you know put up where she said that you know i'm thinking about the one man who kept saying that you know women's football is such a safe space where you know nobody hurts each other or you know i i have that specific yeah. tweet uh, you know bookmarked and i'll read it out in a bit but you know it just i read that tweet and i just cracked up laughing because you know this game like proved everything of you know of how everyone views women's football and uh you know this i'm overall in the first half was just uh nothing short of uh, entertaining to say that yeah least. definitely it, it was it was quite entertaining and yeah talk about physicality like i saw people like i mean i was watching i w- was watching the game and someone like elena overdorf right she's so diminutive but like the fact that she's been able to push people off and like so physical i'm like whoa you would definitely not expect that and it was not only her but i just felt like seeing her as like i would def expected that but at the same time yeah i kind of do expect it as well uh, and it it totally made sense with with regards to the refereeing like it was a bit annoying to hear her whistle every 2 seconds but that's what the game was you, you know you can't i feel like she some, was some inconsistent i feel like she yeah. was inconsistent a little bit that's that's my only she was complaint. no no she she was a bit because i think a few of them were definitely not fouls or some of them were more yellow cards than the others were um, but just just to hear i mean every, every two seconds the whistle would go off and i'm like in a way it was irritating because it kept stopping the play but that's exactly what germany want wanted right to stop play as much as possible so that you know first of all you give yourself some time to recoup and on the other hand you disrupt england style of play and you stop halt their progression forward and while it was irritating it was also fascinating to see the two styles of play clashing on the pitch um and I just yeah have i mean of course sorry i'm i'm interrupting yeah, yeah. you but i have sophie lawson's no, tweet okay. and i wanted to yeah, read that ahead. uh she said wonder what the gosh women's football is so clean and pure when you never see unnecessarily heavy challenges or diving in it uh crowd are thinking of this one yeah yeah <laughs> um, like every single yeah, person no, who said yeah. that just yeah <laughs> it, it's yeah everyone who said that or anyone who's yeah i just don't pay attention to those people anyway but um there was someone who i'll th- i'll tell you tweet i tweet, uh, retweeted or quote tweeted that as well someone talking about how um i don't know i'll i'll check that out later but or you can check it out on my it'll obviously be there on my twitter profile so you can check that out uh all right all right so let's talk about uh, of course the thing that we missed earlier on was 
Alexandra Pop not being fit or she you know had a last minute uh issue fitness issue and wasn't able to start the final which is because i felt the final needed someone like her i think germany I, needed definitely I, needed someone can i just say before uh, you know the english fans just come at me yeah the english have been ridiculously lucky lucky <laughs> Yeah, I think every time we said oh this team is the one that's got like depth and they've got the right players and then the next minute it's like everyone's out and I'm like oh okay. I think we said that for Sweden also and then if someone got like got sick or fell ill and you're like okay they I mean they, the entire Swedish, Swedish team, team almost fell Ill, like you know almost all of them were sick because of covid. Yeah. Spain did not have Alexia. They did not have Jenny Hermoso. Yeah. So you know it is it, just blowing my mind obviously you know Spain is a very different entity I won't get into yeah. it but <laughs> yeah uh, but no, you know the I, fact I that it, Norway I, didn't yeah. show up either you know they had a very yeah. miraculous uh, win I wouldn't say miraculous but they were lucky no, in terms are... of uh, winning against Austria uh, yeah, and then okay. obviously Northern Ireland was just Northern Ireland you know they 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 yeah. performed really well you know in the beginning as well So obviously I feel like you know England was just ridiculously lucky and I feel like this time it was like you know everything the universe Written sent them the up stars. for free. Yeah. 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 I think yeah you do need the rub of the luck or rub of the green as well when it comes to tournaments like this. Uh, they tried it in the World Cup in 2018 with the men's they had the easier draw of until the semi-finals so uh, it was an easy draw because Spain is tough, Sweden stuff Norway are tough are all good teams but uh, of course they were very good as well i'm not taking any credit oh, no, i'm accrediting them they were fantastic I, but yeah, yeah but they, i feel like of course, they were slight trouble the yeah exactly okay so let's talk about the goals that happened of course you know uh, uh, it the moment tuni scored that goal and that was after ellen white got uh ellen got ellen white right am i yeah, right? yeah 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 yes. yeah yeah ellen white yeah i don't know why yeah. i got confused uh so ellen white got taken out and i just my mind just went back to our conversation about england without ellen white and oh my god there was so much more i think ruthless with the ball in the attacking front once those two came on russo and tuni and i i yeah kirby kind of also struggled a bit with that game physically as well trying to i mean of course at that point of time both teams were trying to uh, were clashing in midfield but it and it wasn't an easy time for either ellen white or frankavi and not to say that they had regular service and they were doing as much but i just felt with tuni and russo there it you know england were flowing much more easier um and that happened actually again, i wouldn't say against the run of play but it kind of happened when germany had started the second half much better i think they were much more attacking they showed a lot more i'm forgetting the word here initiative to go and yeah. score the first goal and then the changes happened in that but i want to get your thoughts on that first goal by tunia is crazy I feel like you know uh I remember you asking us about this you know if we would prefer 
Alessia yeah. Russo instead of Helen White. And I told you exactly that, you know, as much as I would prefer Russo to start, I feel like she she brings on that element, uh, you know, of uncertainty, really, where she just comes in and you know that now the game is going to change. And I feel like uh, Serena Wiegman did exactly that. And, you know, uh, the, the fact that, you know, she knew somehow that, bringing these two players on uh, after halftime, preserving their energy for the second yeah. half because obviously she expected, you know, obviously uh, the Germans to be explosive in the first half and then, you know, run a little bit out of energy. I feel like, you know, that's what her thought process probably was because she's consistently started the same lineup. So, you know, it made sense for her to do the same thing again right now as well. And I feel like it it worked very well on her part because, you know, she, the way she decided and she planned it, it's exactly how it went on. So, you know, to have fresh legs on, especially against uh, a little tired German squad, uh, you know, was, was a pretty good idea, you know. I mean... To was, have yeah. them on and then obviously like last time also I've said it, Kiara Walsh is that, you know, that silent oh, person in the what midfield. what a pass. Oh my, my God. God. I, <laughs> I was waiting for the referee to uh, lift the offside, the flag for offside because I was like, there's no way she's picked her up, you know, out, from so far out and that she's free, so free over there. And I'm like, okay, he's going to probably let her be lift up the flag and after she scored that and the flag didn't go i was like okay i mean that was first of all out of nowhere that uh, even i didn't see that pass and i'm watching on tv and to see that from from that far out it was it, it was a thing of beauty really yeah so you know to to see all of that uh, you know, combined. Obviously, my dad had a lot of thoughts on that, but uh, <laughs> my dad yeah, was like yeah, waiting to hear. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my dad was constantly like commentating throughout the entire game. Like you know, I had tweeted, and my, you know, he had some really unhinged thoughts. You know, and I was like, Dad, can you just calm down? And no. you know, I, I honestly, I enjoyed the game more because of him. Because this this nice. is, this is something I would have definitely missed had I been at the stadium. So, but obviously, getting back to the game, uh, Kara Walsh, you know, being that silent thing of beauty, you know, just just doing her job, how just the way she does, and you know, just give putting up these incredible passes and everything, and then obviously, Tony's finish was just insane. Yeah. Oh my God, that chip is. Perfect. I wouldn't say near perfect. It was perfect. It so, was perfect. Yeah. It was. It was I, I feel like that 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 goal was just just insane, and it set up yeah. you know the tone of the game because obviously then yeah. you had Magul coming in, and obviously oh, that, that was another. Yeah. I see. I will rave by Lena Magul. You know she she's uh, absolutely one of my favorite German players, and I will rave by that woman with. You know the way she takes. I think Madhu would have had, should have had a hat trick had it not been for Mary Up. Yeah, had it not been for Mary Up and the crossbar, because you know the yeah, second okay. shot of hers did hit the crossbar. So you know she. But she, I thought it was 
then mary pushed into the crossbar or no no it it, no, it no, hit no, the crossbar no 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 went no. off the crossbar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i yeah. feel like uh, had had it not been that you know uh, it would have really just i'm telling you i rave by that woman you know yeah the the german goal uh, germany's goal rather was again similar it came out of or not out of yeah it came out of nowhere it came against the no run of play because england at that point after tunis goal was actually you know threatening to score a couple of more and taking advantage of germany's uh, sort of lethargy or tiredness and then you have this goal and suddenly like okay game on because everyone i i thought fine 1-0 england will take it sit back or just try and score a second goal or something at that point they definitely had the upper hand and then like that it just in a flash and it wasn't even like you know you thought leia probably had it covered there and the and in just like a second the ball cro- gets crossed and then in next moment you know it's in the back of the net and Thing yeah it was beauty. yeah her i think finish her they, finish was just incredible yeah i of course we we kind of did forget about the first i think the first half had that penalty shot where if you go by the books it is actually a penalty for germany i i actually so the thing was with with handball rules is that there's a lot of you know changes so constant change so uh, i think kate on twitter she mentioned that you know it's a clear penalty and i'm like not really because in that act, in that kerfuffle on that sort of chaos arms are flailing about you're trying to balance yourself and everything and then it could accidentally hit your hand and a year ago that wouldn't have actually been in the books it was or at least in premier league books that was not a handball if it's accident or if it was really close the proximity would have been checked but now it it's a clear handball accident or not if it hits your arm you're it's out. so yeah i do agree var should have probably given it not sure why i think uh, there was a there was a video that was put out i think by someone from uefa i'm not sure exactly it, it was a tiktok video so obviously you know we don't have tiktok here in india uh, <laughs> but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, i yeah. yeah someone someone did end up uh, you know post, uh, uploading a video on on tiktok and you know it, it was explained why they did not uh, give it away as a handball because obviously there was they didn't have another angle really you know where it showed that you know the ball was hitting yeah, the arm but, yeah. yeah but obvi- yeah. and you know the, the funny the funny part about it is that and i didn't want to get into it because obviously you know that would have made me like okay i am i'm saying this because i was a german supporter for the game and blah 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 <laughs> no i'm saying this like genuinely because my dad was pissed okay and i told you what he was saying yeah 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 you told me yeah i can't say it on here but yeah 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 it, yeah, it, yeah. it was so, sort of true <laughs> so uh when i saw so you know there were there were two images that i saw on the internet okay where one was you know from uh which is the angle that you know we all saw which even the german national team ended up posting and there was another angle where you can see literally from the front you know that it hit lia's arm so uh my thought process at that time was like hello this is this is a penalty at the end of the day but yeah. uh if we like have access to those foot if we have access to those photos i'm pretty sure var has it and yeah yeah obviously but, var has it and then yeah I, that's why i keep saying england was lucky miraculously lucky yeah 
No, she, crazy, she typically she, said you effin prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I didn't you know the funniest part about it was that you know she was doing it to Sydney Lohman and uh you know to everyone who watches the Bundesliga knows like what kind of a you know little baby uh, Sydney Lohman is and you know for her just like for Jill Scott to say that to Sydney Lohman was just it was just hilarious you know like really I I was like oh my god Jill Scott that said she's like what she's hardly in her 20s Yeah, just cuz like I she, the way she was just running around like I was watching Peter Crouch in with a wig on uh and it, it was yeah I actually found her on Wikipedia she's actually uh, there have been comparisons with her and Peter Crouch and called Crouchy or whatever but it it was crazy um And no, but yeah, I, I do it, have to mention that you know uh, the second Jill Scott came on I think she changed the pace of the game quite a yeah. bit you know she she she, she brought did. in a lot of energy that you know obviously the english were lacking and i feel like she obviously has that physicality which is again what you know uh, that you needed within the midfield especially with obadov playing and you know even though magul went off they bought in linda dalman who's again another player who's like you know her height might be like you know she's she's not tall she's 5-2 but you know she she's a very um, you know a player who i would say is is just uh, her her level of skill is just absolutely insane so again yeah. she's another player who's who's kind of physical so you know obviously you have that battle going on with, uh, in the midfield and um i feel like with stanway off uh, you mm. needed obviously stanway is one of the players who's who's physical known to be physical and everything yeah. so when you take someone like stanway off you obviously needed someone like jill scott on because otherwise uh you know i think germany would have won the battle of the midfield then it had it yeah. been someone else. Th- yeah she she brought a physical presence as well as like a lot of stability over there because yeah. uh, at that point you then needed to control the game and make sure that germany didn't get chances which i think they had a few but then not enough to yeah and another thing is that jill scott's really experienced you know she has that leadership quality on the pitch you know as well so you know she was very commanding in that position and at the yeah. same time yeah. her skills you know just overall presence uh, in midfield helped you know uh, the entire game to just stabilize quite a bit and then you know just move on ahead with everything Yeah, and I and I absolutely loved the shit houseery at the end of the uh, game where they were right at that corner, and oh, I don't know who over there. I think it was um, uh, Chloe Kelly, bronze. Ru- Chloe, yeah. Uh, Russo, I think, was, I think Russo was there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Russo yeah. was there. Yeah, and it was just hilarious. And Germany were digging themselves further. And- It's when your hood got so like annoyed and irritated, like you know, you could see that. Yeah. And my dad, and my dad, like uh, in context to whatever I had texted yeah. you, my my dad constantly kept going on with it into into depth. And let me just tell you, like I don't know, if, like I if I've mentioned this before. Fun fact: my grandfather was a freedom fighter. Okay, and in jail oh. because of the British. So. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I can also understand his sentiments. <laughs> yeah, I can understand his sentiments. You, you know, yeah. Yeah, and you know post the like you know after the game got done as well, you know, I'll be watching the trophy ceremony and everything. My dad was like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> and you know, he was he was just like 
Another thing gone. <laughs> yeah. Another one for the British museums to keep. Um Yeah, it it's it's insane. I like the fact that she she was getting upset at the uh, um, referees, she was upset with everybody. And then I was just thinking like, come on, if you were if you had if the score lines were reversed, you'd be doing similar thing. I think uh, uh Serena was actually telling them not to do that and she was on the sideline saying cut out the bullshit but come on you're seconds and minutes away from winning you know Europe's most prestigious trophy in women's football and you're not going to take that chance and give the ball away at any point and yeah, yeah it was i mean obviously you know i i understand where this whole thing is coming from because you know this exactly reminds me of the uh not so nice UWCL final that uh, Barcelona had against Lyon uh where this shit house we continued uh and it was it was it was absolute like you know i remember alexia being so bad at that game you know where where the medics were coming in and you know she just picked up the bag and she took it off the pitch and she kept it and she was like yeah get on get done with it like get out of the pitch right now it was hilarious yeah yeah that's a thing of beauty yeah. But overall, like I feel like it was such a fun game to watch, yeah, and it was, it was worthy. It was worthy of being called a final for sure. Yeah, I mean, I know people say finals need to have like a lot of goals, a lot of excitement, last minute stuff. This obviously had the last minute goal. It had you know equalizer, all of that, and it, the first half was chaotic as it is. I really felt that time went on quite far, as in time. Yeah, yeah, I went it, quite it, fast. I I didn't fast. only a few bits. I think in the second half towards the end where things were a little slow. I I did put out a tweet saying you know people looked a little tired. I think it was extra time, half of extra time. Yeah. People felt a little tired and fine. That I expected in a game like this. So you are bound to have that period of dull and you know sort of yeah quiet obviously silence. because they. Yeah. They, they they were extremely exhausted and you could see that yeah. uh, because in you know in the pace of the game like immediately changed in the extra time of first half but then again i've always been calling england the second half fc and you know they they proved me right again with the mm-hmm. second yeah. half of regular time and then they they proved me again when they scored yeah. that late late goal in the second half of extra time second half fc yeah, Definitely. All right, so let's quit. Uh, now I'm going to share my screen because we got to give the awards out now, as we did in our previous roundups. So let's start off with the best player in the of the game. Of course, it was given to Kira Walsh, and I mean, if you want to go with that, I'm not taking that. Enough. I'm I'm not even taking that away because I I I feel like she. She's someone who's been so consistent throughout this entire tournament, silently doing her job without people yeah, actually even yeah. talking about her as much. But if you if you consider from an England perspective, if you take her off the pitch, the stability within the midfield just goes off, and Eng- the team would be completely different had you know she she not been there. So I feel like definitely exactly. it has to be Kara Walsh. Fair enough. I'm gonna add that. there i also would like to give out a shout out to mary ups for oh. just being impregnable impenetrable or whatever yeah she's it, a wall it was yeah a complete wall. wall i don't think yeah yeah exactly 
I just couldn't find I I don't know maybe people have now started this what if scenarios like what if pop had been there and people are saying no I mean Mary Ups was in god mode uh you know she she was playing god as a woman I don't know who whose song that is someone who listens to Ariana Grande yeah. yeah okay great so she was, they were listening to she was listening to that and she got inspired by that because she was in god of beast mode she was stopping anything coming away except for the goal obviously which was too difficult i mean if she had stopped that then germany might as well have packed up and said sayonara ah, i'm not playing this anymore this is some cheat code yeah i think she definitely kept england in name when germany were at their you know at their peak or when they were the most attacking almost threatened i feel like this also sort of makes you think that you know meriops went like you know people would say that meriops overnight went from being such a good like you know a keeper for the uh, for the club united and then you know just going yeah. on to becoming the first keeper of of uh, the national team but i feel like this was a obviously a progress you know it was a progression but at the same time she's always been good enough you know where she could have if not been the first keeper but she could have she was always someone you know who should have been on the team in my opinion yeah I, so and, i mean i've been watched uh, i haven't watched manchester united football uh, women's football so i you i mean forgive me i i don't know i've not seen her as much i've seen obviously i've seen the big games when they play chelsea or they play arsenal and all that but not enough for me to kind of notice yeah, her but as much obviously i you know she she's uh, you know put herself uh, in a position where you know she's she's just excelled and improved way beyond anyone's imagination but i feel like at the same obviously you know england has a lot of goalkeeping talent because you you have someone like hannah hampton you have someone like Ellie Roebuck who you know used to be the first yeah. keeper up until Sarina came in and obviously Roebuck got injured but then at the same time you have someone like Sandy McKeever you know you have Sophie Bagley if i'm not wrong she's also an english keeper mm-hmm. there's a lot of I, i might be wrong Sophie Bagley might not be it but uh, irrespective i i feel like there's a lot of goalkeeping talent that england does have and obviously you had Karen Bartley in the beginning you had Carly Telford but i feel like obviously some of the players were like dragged so much to the point where uh, then there could have been opportunities for the younger players that you know has only just started you know coming in for them uh, but to to think that Mary Ups was once upon a time not even on the team is just absolutely insane but obviously yeah. props to her because you know she's she's uh, continued to be determined and you know she's just uh, definitely improved herself so much and yeah she's just so, i think knocked it off so the there's top. a quote so there's a quote by Jurgen Klopp uh, when he first arrived to Liverpool and i think that perfectly fits into what the sentiments were are or were for Mary Ups which is when he first came into Liverpool he was asked you know what what are you going to do or something and he said uh I I want to change doubters to believers. So it's similar here where she, you know people doubted her inclusion into the squad, doubted her being number 1 and then she's sort of now brought in this belief that you know mm-hmm. she's I feel she's like that's also something I feel like that's also something that uh, you know 
sort of uh, goes along for Beth Mead as well, you know, because she was not picked up for the for the for the Olympics and to Olympics. then yeah. she had she had a really good season, like you know, for Arsenal, you know, some of her numbers have been really nice. But then you know she went on and uh, did incredible, like she did so well this uh, entire tournament. This I feel like yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, you know, from a player's perspective, yeah, she's absolutely nailed it. You know, she's proven everyone, you know, who has doubted her, hated on her and all of that stuff. She's definitely proven them all wrong. She even proves Hagarisa wrong now, <laughs> given by the fact that obviously she was not picked up for the Olympics, which is, which was, I don't know, like in, in what world that happened. But I think it kind of uh, allowed her to, you know, just go on and, you know, develop herself into something like this, which is absolutely incredible. All right. So the best moment from the game, what would it be? <laughs> I think that the, uh, okay, there are two actually. And none of these are the goals or anything. I think both of these moments are the shithousery moments. One is definitely the Jill Scott moment. And the second one is uh, Russo reading the, <laughs> the, the note. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, the Russo reading was definitely going to be my wild card. I thought we weren't, I, in case we hadn't mentioned it earlier, I would have definitely mentioned it now, but wild card. But yeah, I would, I would add that at this moment. Probably the Toonie goal was insane, I think, again. I think, okay, you know what goal. would be the best moment would be? I think it would be, uh, you know, Chloe Kelly's celebration, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's, I'll, I'll put that That's there. the best moment for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Yo, so, and then, of course, Wildcard. Have we missed out on anything? Mm, have we? I don't think so. I think we covered most of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. This yeah, game is going, just so I, I was saying, like, uh, you know, interestingly enough, uh, Brandy Chastain ended up, uh, hmm. uh, you know, See. tweeting about uh, yep. Chloe Kelly as well, which was which was really nice in my opinion, uh, because obviously, legend recognizing something like this was uh, it was really nice to see that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was nice. I as soon as that, I think people, everyone. Uh, Google search her name and I was like and then the first tweet it's iconic like obviously well, yeah, yeah it's iconic because obviously the 1999 World Cup you know obviously it, it, it's huge in terms of uh, women's football history and so you know to have someone like her again uh, interact with what is happening right now obviously you know one of the pioneers it's, it's, it's really incredible to, to even see yeah. that happening. Right. Okay. So now what we're going to do is, uh, I thought I was going to end it here, but I've actually just realized that, let me try and find that thing. So obviously the uh, UFO women's Euros come out with their team, their best 11 of the tournament. So I just want to get your, I, I'm pretty sure they'd come out with it. Where am I? They yeah, they did. They did. The the... Uh, yeah, they did. They did. Okay, here we go. All right, let me see if I can copy this and then I can paste it on and share it on the screen here. It's not the one. Okay, great. Can I copy the image? And I'm just going to add a new one as well. 
Okay. And of course, you can tell me what you make of it, whether you you agree with it. I can let's just make this big and I can move it as and when. All right. So start with the goalkeeper. So they've been it to Mary Ops. I as as well as she's done. I would disagree. Yeah. I would put. I would disagree um, as well. I would put Van Domslar at that spot. Yeah, that's her name. I'm glad you said it before I butchered her name. <laughs> but fair. No, I feel like uh, right. there's a reason why I would even say Van Domslar because, uh, you know, to sort of have a player like her with just two caps. Uh, two national team caps in her name and um you know to come into into the game uh, especially when Sari Van Wienendal who's like the first keeper you know just go out injured and then you know to be thrusted into a game uh where you know you're playing against Sweden you know one of the uh, bigger teams so it's i wouldn't yeah. say it's 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 very easy in terms of uh performance but she pulled off a great performance against Sweden and at the same time you know she consistently performed so well throughout the entire tournament that i i absolutely feel like she deserves it and like as much as mary ops has done well and she, and i say this with utmost respect that she's done incredibly well but i feel like van domsela deserved it a little more fair enough uh let's go on to the defense and we've got the four defenders but Quinn okay Leah Wilson Hegering and Karchawi Sakina Yeah Karchawi I think yeah. it's Karchawi yeah so any changes to this hmm. um I agree with uh, Gwen I think she was she was fabulous there is uh, you know uh, someone at right back, I think the only person who I could think of maybe other than Gwyn is maybe Ona Bate. But mm-hmm. Gwyn has just absolutely done so well. So I would, you know, obviously outnumbers, uh, you know, what uh, Bate has done. So but definitely Gwyn. I think uh, in, as for CB, I would say maybe Millie Bright could have been there. Uh, I feel. I like have a feeling they've added Leia because she, as captain, but I think on pure performance, I think Millie's probably been. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that you know, given the fact that uh, you know, obviously in terms of possession, Leah has kept better possession than Bright uh, hmm. within games, but uh, I still feel that Millie Bright ended up doing a little better. In in comparison, so I I would probably give it to uh, Millie Bright, even though she's a Chelsea player and Leah is an Arsenal player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say that purely yeah. out of okay. performance. Fair enough. All the Chelsea fans are celebrating, and I can hear them. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so Hegering and Korchawi are fine then, right? Yeah, Hegering and Korchawi. Hegering definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hegering has been solid. Um, Karshawi on the left, right? Yeah, I think Karshawi is good. Karshawi is good. All right. Great. So we now move on to the midfield and we've got Kira Walsh, Lena Obadov, and Aitana Bonmati. And 
I don't want to touch. Would you change? I, I wouldn't actually. Yeah, I was just thinking. I, I mean, Kira Walsh, absolutely insane tournament. Lena Obadov, brilliant. Aitana, I haven't absolutely. watched as many Spain, but I know her as like no, Barcelona player. She is yeah, so. Um, I'll tell you something about Aitana. She is so. You know her vision in terms of mm-hmm. the games that she she plays, and you know the. I don't know, like her positioning and you know just the general thought process that she has while she plays is just is just really incredible. So you know to have uh, she she was also someone you know in the midfield who was so silent uh, you know at many instances, but you know she was just doing her job. Like you know she was threatening uh, under many circumstances and everything. So I feel like uh, for the most part. Uh, i would give her but you know who i also i mean maybe uh, it could have okay. been a 442 if we were okay. doing it that way uh, but i feel like the uh, maybe a massive shout out to aslani because aslani was yeah was fabulous throughout this entire tournament so uh, as much as i don't want to touch this midfield because it's like holy trinity for me other than alexia aitana and patri i feel like uh, i also want to give a shout out to aslani because aslani's performance has been great considering the fact that you know she's been injured uh, uh, quite a lot uh, during her time with real madrid which is obviously another controversy of its own uh, but uh, yeah i feel like uh, i have to give a shout out to aslani she's she's done really well throughout fair enough uh, we'll put it past but yeah Yeah, I, I from per- personally, like you said, wouldn't touch those three. I think those three wouldn't deserve touch. It. Yeah. Uh, now we move on to the forwards, and we've got Bethany, Alexandra Pop, and Cal- Clara Bu- Buell. Um. See, I don't want to touch this again because I absolutely loved watching Buell this entire tournament. Uh, Clara Buell has been. so good uh i you know she's young okay she's she's very young with a bright future ahead of her you know she she's just absolutely performed her heart out uh this entire tournament i feel again you know she's been unlucky based on the fact that you know she got covid and then you know obviously she was not able to play the semi final then she was unable to play the final yeah. either um bull has just been incredible again alexander pop you know it's so funny that you know this is this is pop's uh, first ever euros so for her to perform you know the way she has uh, it, it's incredible and yeah beth is beth again i i just i mean player of the tournament wasn't she oh no she got yeah, golden she... boot was she player of the no, tournament as both. well she got both yeah she got both okay yeah I mean, if if I had to add another, and I know that becomes thirteen players and not eleven, <laughs> but uh, if I could, I want to give a shout out to uh, Diani because uh, Dia- okay, yeah. Diani's pace is so threatening that you know we don't uh, necessarily you know talk much about Diani, but she she is uh, I don't know she's very skillful and her pace. You know she's so fast. She gets behind uh, you know uh, defenders so quickly. It's it's just absolutely insane. So yeah, uh, 
I have to give Diani a shout out. But uh, overall, I feel like they've done a pretty good job in in terms of selecting other than Van Domselaar and probably Millie Bright. They've they've got pretty much spot on. I feel. Fair enough. Okay, I'm just trying to add the names here. I think I don't know what's happening there. Um, all right. Okay. So yeah, I believe when it comes to team of the tournaments and stuff like that you know these guys get sometimes quite wrong it is how do you no, i'm just going to write it here kosovo sorry kosovo okay yeah like as as double yeah and who do we say? oh yeah yani for that right can't pop okay well how do you now spell her Um, how do you spell her name? D-I-A-N-I. Yeah, so. D-I-A-N-I. Okay, D-I-A-N-I. There we go. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This is going to... I'm going to fun writing this. K-A-D. No, not D-A-D. K-A-T-I-T. Yeah. Okay, great. Awesome. So, as you can see, those, that is our team of the tournament. which is not too different from the team of the tournament that was officially announced and that's nice to nice nice to know but and even if even if we didn't have these the ones chosen a close close runners that was none of them were actually miles away from who we actually had this so kudos on kudos ufa and the team that they actually watched the tournament and gave finally gave a worthy uh, playing 11 That's true. All right. So yeah, so now that it's done, what's the future now hold because we've seen some really interesting stuff. We've seen there is a demand for women's football. Layers I saw Layers interview post that and she said now we need to see this for WSL, we need crowds like this for, for other stuff. Uh Alex Scott saying that now we need to play in bigger stadiums. We need to see the women's team play in better stadiums bigger stadiums where they have bigger crowds what what do you think will be at least the short term solution now after seeing all of this any if anything i i feel like everyone who's you know per se gotten interested in women's football especially after watching the tournament you know or maybe during the tournament whatever it is i feel like the next step for them would be you know to to continue their interest and just go watch the games you know like go buy uh, season tickets of your local club like i'm i'm not even just saying the wsl teams i'm saying you know the championship teams you know local grassroots really so you know we need a steady uh, interest to grow not just in the top tier teams but also uh, in you know uh, lower grassroots teams as well because at the end of the day uh, you know this is this is something that i've i've obviously noticed in my time that i have you know researched and watched is that uh, people tend to get interested and then shortly after you know they forget about it so if if this has piqued your interest then you know don't let it just run away you know just because there was no other football to watch right now and maybe that's the reason why you know you were watching right now don't forget about it because if you found this interesting 
throughout the entire season we have this going on like you know this this the cycle doesn't stop so you know we 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 have just as interesting games you know just as feisty uh you know matchups between players and, and duels you know, and yeah. yeah all of it you know so uh, the the most uh simplest thing that one you can actually do is just go and support your local club you know go and support your local women's club like women's team basically you know clubs obviously do have that go and buy season tickets and they're not that expensive pretty yeah, based on yeah, like it's, it's can you imagine i think it's uh, some clubs have it for like 40 uh, quid uh, for the entire season some of them have it for yeah. 70 and i feel like that's insane 70 quid for the entire <laughs> year that's like a ticket like, uh, to watch arsenal match or something yeah exactly so you know if you can if you can do that for the entire season i mean what there's nothing wrong with it absolutely so yeah, you know i feel like for even for us like for international fans we support the men's team just support the women's team women's team of the same club like it's not that difficult to kind exactly. of have to i'm not going to go searching for another team or do i have to find some other, you've got your team like all of the top 6 sides in english football have a women's team even in la liga you've got the top 3 who have women's team uh, you know real madrid barcelona i think atletico also have so you've got yeah. women's team there you want to do psg have- psg's women lyon have um germany you've got the full from from bundesliga so you got exactly. bayern munich and all of them so and they're all good teams it's not like they're exactly you know, exactly my so, point so you know it's it's more like you know every time we've seen short term bursts of uh, you know interest and yeah. then later on it just fizzes out i feel like that is where we need to really focus in because i was talking to a friend earlier today and we were talking about the situation in germany really you know where yesterday they were celebrating and today they are back to square one where you know nobody is talking about the league anymore because obviously it's inaccessible and not as easily available for people to watch and which is which is pretty much uh, a big problem in spain as well because the whole i mean their yeah. whole federation is is kind of so annoying like don't even get me started on them yeah yeah you know exactly who i'm talking about yeah well. yeah i know i know i know yeah. i know everything about the french spanish federation i don't want to get into yeah. that um yeah yeah it it's not only that yeah i think the english the league is is much easier you want to even watch them in the champions league get at least watch that because that's again easier might be a little difficult to find illegal streams and all those third party streams to watch the other teams that might be now as well yeah i to be honest pretty i think you know it's become easier now because if you go to see uh, especially for the english league you know it's it's very accessible even the championship oh, is accessible because you know they are yeah, showing yeah. it on the fa player and the fa and player is basically free it's yeah. free for everyone yeah. to just sit and watch the game so you know just just Exactly. Get on and watch. And Dazan has been doing great with the Champions League, which was again yeah. something yeah. previously which was not accessible. Of you know, obviously they have a different plan. It's not always going to be free, but obviously with interest, uh, you know, peaking. Yeah. Eventually, you know, people people are going to be willing to pay for it. And it's not only us. I'm, I mean, this should also a burst like this is something that the federations and 
the different Massively. yeah associations 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 need to take into into consideration because into they consider- need to because, start yeah. investing because uh, uh, like you said you know like alex scott mentioned you know we need to start playing in bigger stadiums obviously like if, if you talk from a perspective of what happened at the euros obviously the stadiums were selected back in 2017 and obviously given at that time you know the interest levels were a lot different and obviously according to that times uh thoughts in mind you know obviously a manchester city academy stadium was fine with you know maybe 7000 8000 capacity that was fine but then when you are talking about it right now that is you know it, it it's just it's just not a major international tournament level stadium anymore you know yeah. so i feel like now is the time where you know clubs especially because i if i'm not wrong the uh, i think the spokesperson or the chairman someone from the english fa ended up you know when when asked about the uh, uh, the stadiums you know they they mentioned that we had to you know go on to convince clubs to give away their stadiums because no you know many of them were not ready to give it up you know and there was i don't know if you know about this i'm probably sure that you must be because obviously uh, the community shield was played between city and liverpool but a lot of the supporters were angry and i and i have seen this okay and i don't usually come across uh, you know i don't go on to the men's football twitter uh, section quite a bit but the fact that it showed up on my timeline as well where you know they were outraged about the fact that uh you know the the finals of euros was being played at wembley whereas uh the community shield is a more important game and shouldn't be played at uh, how? How? it's a charity match it's a charity match that's exactly why it used to be called the charity shield how is the community shield a much more important oh my god i wonder who those idiots yeah. were i mean even yeah. if it is liverpool fan i i don't mind calling them out it was just stupidity i i saw that and you know there was there was literally like i i i remember very even clearly the fa cup isn't as prestigious as the euros even the fa the, cup as 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 steeped as it is in british history will not take precedence over this euro final okay it's not going to happen so it was um, it was hilarious uh, okay. because this this person ended up putting polls okay like tweeted out polls yeah. and polls you know people were literally voting on those polls saying that you know the women's euros is more important and still that oh, person glad. whoever it was that yeah. yeah that person was literally like, voted that the the finals was more important i mean god help if they had said the opposite because it's a charity match man come on it's not the world cup the world cup takes precedence over everything then probably your international tournaments that happen from regions or euros conmebol or that then you have exactly. the champions league and all of that yeah so no way and then last even below any sort of match is a charity cup match it's not even a it's a glorified it's friend, friendly it's pre-season dude it's it is it is it's a it's a glorified friendly that you get a cup you get a plate or whatever so yeah it's a stupidity but i i just hope that it you know the federations the fans capitalize on such a success and it is a success so you don't get 87000 yeah. 
fans there and call it a failure. So, um, no, nah, it, it was great. And thank you, Unity, for being throughout, being part of the coverage of the podcast throughout the tournament. It's pleasure having you on here, Atanu, Natalie, Yashodan, and Radha. It was. Uh, I'm glad that we could cover the tournament as best we could. Um, it was. It was really fun chatting with all of you, getting your thoughts, and yeah, I can't wait to do that. Now we shift our focus to club football level. So, thank you for that, and yeah, hope to see you all soon. Thank you so much for having me. I think uh, you know, obviously, since I wasn't there. I was here. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you uh, obviously having a chat with you guys kind of eased up a little bit on that pain that I was feeling of not being able to go. I hope we could have yeah alleviated some pain and yeah, know, maybe I mean, forget yeah, to bless that one hour that you should have been in England. Ah, uh, yeah, but obviously, I'm I, obviously I'm obviously gonna be you know angry at the the government for not uh, getting me my passport. in time but uh, irrespective what all did they rob now <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything <laughs> everything uh, yeah. uh but yeah at the end of the day i think it wasn't so bad uh, watching it from home experiencing all of it i think it was obviously a different experience because i feel like uh you know just being able to sit and watch with my dad was just really special so oh, you know nice. yeah Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I watched yeah. most of the games with uh, my dad so I think that was absolutely incredible. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds that sounds really good and really nice. Uh, all right. So thank you to those of you who've been listening and watching us throughout the tournament. That's about it for whichever episode this is and that's about it for our coverage of the UEFA Women's Euro 2022 tournament. I hope you all enjoyed it. Do check out our preview. Do check out our, you know, grounds, group stage roundup, our quarterfinals roundup, and our semifinal roundup, and as well as this. And uh, do follow us on all of our social media platforms. That's like Twitter, Instagram. You can check out our podcast wherever you get podcasts from. And yeah, check uh, follow us on YouTube as well. And let us know what your thoughts were on the final in the comment section down below. And I'll catch you all soon. Of course, there will be a few announcements in a couple of days. But apart from that, I guess I'll catch you all once regular football begins, which I guess is next week. I'm your host, Pratty, once again. You stay safe and see you.